You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Hey. Welcome back. You know that it's our favorite time of the week. Another fun interview. Yes, we're really excited for this perspective. It's a new one that we haven't really had on here before. So we're going to let her go ahead and introduce herself. Hey, y'all. My name is Crystal Dalton, and I am the first year wife just wrapped up my first football season with my husband, Masai Dalton. And we've actually been married a month and like some days. Like we got engaged and then had season and then got married. So yeah, it's been a crazy ride. So we are in Georgia, as you can probably tell, like by my voice, we're in Georgia and we're at Grayson High School, which is a 7A school, big school, big program. We actually ended this season as state champions. So I'm excited about that. We have four kids between us. He has two children and I have two children and they are in ages from 17 to nine. So we are all over across the board. I teach high school English. He teaches history and, you know, football. So there that is. Girl, you got a full schedule. A lot going on over there. Yeah, I want to, okay, so let's back it up. We always talk about, like, where we are presently, but I want to know how it all began. So how did you meet your husband, and then what was it like when he said, hey, I'm coaching football? Like, did you have any idea what that meant? Luckily, I did. So we met at a school where we both taught at. So I was teaching at a high high school that was very well-known in the high school football world, And football coaches are transient there. They just come and go. So I was there for like eight years. So football coaches would come and go. And it was just like, okay, there's another one. He'll be gone next year, you know, that kind of thing. But he came in and he was a social studies teacher. And his morning duty post was right next to where like we went and sign in and got all our stuff out of your box and all that stuff. So I would go by there every morning just because that's what I was supposed to do. And it was just good morning, good morning, good morning. And then one day, I walked up there and he stopped dead in his tracks and just looked me up and down and said, well, good morning. And I was like, whoa, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. It's a little early for that. So I knew it was a football coach before we ever dated or whatever. The year rocked on. We didn't really talk anymore. He left and went to another school. And over the summer, you know, we both had some changes in our personal lives. And he honestly slid into my DMs and was just like, hey. And it was really sweet. And so we went from there. He lived about an hour and a half away. So the, the first season or whatever, we were at different schools and his school was an hour and a half away. So I went to like two or three games and I was just like in the stands. I wasn't really a part of anything, you know. So I knew football was a thing that was coming. And like, I'm a football person. Like I've, I'm a sports person. I grew up with sports, whatever. I was, I was a cheerleader in college. So, I, you know, I, football was not, you know, it wasn't that scary to me. 
I'm like dying. <laughs> I know. He's like, well, good morning. <laughs> I love that. What a great story. It was a little, it was a little much, actually. I was like, dude. You're like, I just woke up and I still need to drink my coffee right now. So exactly. let's hold on. I just pulled in on two wheels. I can't even pause for a second. Yeah. So you guys did the long distance thing for a little bit. and We did. And yeah. then you decided to move in together. Tell us about how that happened. And then kind of your first football season this past season. I mean, being in it full time, that's completely different, I feel like, than being long distance. 100% different than being long distance. We did the long distance thing and now we're, we're like, he's in his forties and I'm in my thirties and we have careers and we have children and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we have these established lives. So that's the reason why I'm not there all the time because I'm with my children and I'm doing my, doing my thing. So the long distance thing was tough. It was really, really hard just because that we wanted to be together, but you know, football takes up so much time. And like, I knew a little bit, I didn't know enough of how much time it took up. And that was a very demanding program he was in. So it was, it was a lot of hours, tough hours. So we did the long distance thing and things got more serious and more serious. I sat my kids down and was like, Hey, his name is Messiah, but they call him M. So I was like, do you like M first of all? So we had that conversation. Of course I love him. And I, I was like, you know, this is what life with M would be like. It would be lots of hours and I talked about the moving and you know what they all think and I have a nine-year-old daughter she was eight at the time and she just said mama that that sounds like an adventure sounds like fun and my son was had the same ideas so you know we we moved forward a little bit and finally he just said hey I'm going to Grayson and I want you to go with me will you go with me and I put my foot down set some boundaries and said put a ring on it and we can make that move so he did. And here we are. Yeah, that's a wonderful story. I think that that is a lot of life that happened for y'all um, within, you know, adding a football season and then having kiddos and combining just one household, I think is just so wonderful in itself. What is some outlooks or just morals or things that you put within your household to be like, we are one family, we are united. This is how we're going to be moving forward with this lifestyle. It's hard in any situation. It's hard. I totally had a different idea of what it was going to be like in my head. And when we got actually, you know, elbow deep in it, it's just a different setting. All of us are learning to show grace and to just breathe. I specifically am learning to get rid of that idea in my head of what I thought it was all going to be like and to just kind of see what things are and accept things the way they are and find the good and see the positive every day realizing that my kids are small and young, but they're still, they're little humans and they have a full range of emotion and they're allowed to feel all those things. I also had to show grace to Messiah because his kids are 18 and when we moved in together, they were 15 and 17. This is his third career. So before this, he's a veteran. So he was in the army. So um, he hasn't ever really been consistently in a house with little kids all the time. And that's a lot different than being in a house with teenagers that just like hole up in the room or, you know, do whatever. So I'm still having to show him a lot of grace as well, as far as, you know, they're not being quiet. And I'm like, well, they're nine. I don't know. He's nine and 11. I don't know what to tell you. Like they're loud, you know, that kind of thing. So show grace, have an open heart. I don't know. Somebody told me one time, God makes broken things beautiful. 
So, you know, it just, it might feel like it's all falling apart, but it'll, it'll get pieced together. I love that. I love the way that you put that and, and the perspective that you bring on this, because I know a lot of people go through this and they feel alone or they feel like they're not doing things correctly or, you know, there's a certain way that you have to go about it. But I think just being able to show people grace is the most important thing. Do your kids live with you guys full time then there? Okay. So my children, I have an 11 year old son and a nine year old daughter and they live with us here. And he has an 18 year old son and uh, almost 16 year old daughter and they live with their mother. So we do visitation and things like that. I'm going to say this right. My children's father and his children's mother. So the exes live relatively close in area to each other. Uh, we also live three and a half hours away from them. So when we do visits, it's not just like a run and do things. It's, a, it's an event. Since they live so close to one another, we can kind of lump it all together and we can say, hey, everybody's going to see their other parents. So we can switch things around and move things around and do all that kind of stuff. We are lucky enough to have understanding and flexible co-parents that, you know, they, they bend a lot and under, you know, to understand the distance and the inflexibility of his football schedule. Yeah. Wow. I just, I didn't even think about that. Like if they were from different areas, how difficult that would be. And I do think that is something so special that everyone's just like in it for the kids and in it to make it the best experience like growing up. And I feel like you don't find that very often. And I think that is just wonderful that you guys do that. And so major applause to y'all for doing that. Well, okay. Now I don't, I don't want to paint a false picture here. <laughs> it's not sunshine and rainbows all the time. Yeah. I mean. By no means. And it took some time to get mm -hmm. to where we are and we still got a ways to go. Yeah. But for sure, it's, it's gotten to the point that we can, we all communicate well. We've realized once the adult stuff goes away and you can get through all the adult junk and mess and you can kind of see clearly and focus on the kids, then things become a lot easier and a lot clearer. It's, it doesn't matter what I feel or what I think or you know, what I think should happen or how it should go. All that matters is that these four kids are happy and healthy and successful. Yeah, I love that honesty. I do want to ask with football, I'm going to kind of change gears here a little bit for the coach's wife's role. So usually, you know, you dive in and with high school, I know that 7A, that is huge. So how many students are at the school? We're between 2,500 and 3,000 students enrolled, but now COVID. So they're not all walking the halls. Yeah, that's a lot. So I grew up from a large town as well. And so anytime you hear 5A, 6A, 7A, I know that it's a diehard football school. So I do want to know with that culture and, you know, stepping into this role of another hat that you have to wear where you're supporting him and then you're also doing your own job. Was there anything that you kind of just were shocked by like within that whole transition? I'm lucky enough that like a coach cheerleading, and you know, I'm kind of being around it. And the school that we came from, I guess I could just say it. We're from, we came from Valdosta High School, which if you know anything about Valdosta High School, it is hardcore do or die football down there. So I kind of came in with a little notion of what it could be like. It is different here in Grayson. We're in the metro Atlanta area and Valdosta is like 15 miles from Florida, but it is different up here. It's a different type of kid. It's a different type of community a different type of parent, all that kind of stuff. And that causes people to be, or requires coaches and people to be flexible. As far as the coach wife hat goes, I really wasn't sure what that entailed. I have friends that were coach wives. I had a coach wife friend of mine 
who she was one of my para pros when I was in the classroom and her husband was a, f- a football coach. So when this all happened, she and I have kept in touch over the years. Before I ever committed to this, I messaged her. I was like, listen, I know the real real about this life. Can I really, really do this? She gave it to me. She's like, it's, it's hard and it's hard. And it's not just the hours, all that kind of stuff. The hours shocked me, but more shocked me in the fact of the way that I responded to them. Cause I was like, I can do it. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. And I'm going to support him and be his cheerleader. And I did that for a while. We went to the state championship game and with COVID and everything, the state championship was pushed back. So we were in football season, y'all, from the beginning of June, literally till December 30th, half the year. I was like, oh, about October, I told Masai, I was like, this is a mess. And he was just like, he said, this is a horrible season for it to be your first season. He was like, just sit tight, darling. It's going, it'll get better. I promise. So the hours and how I responded to it was what that shocked me the most. That's so funny because this past season was literally the worst. We were talking about like how long it just drug out, especially with all the COVID stuff going on, things getting delayed and pushed back. Like, I feel bad that that was your first season because it's usually not that bad. Like it's, it was long this season, but it will hopefully get better for you. So you've got like a lot going on. I want to hear how you balance your guys' schedules with everything that you have going on and also like make time for each other. So I told you he was a veteran. So he's incredibly meticulous and organized, which balances me out wonderfully. And so we have a calendar for stuff like, you know, my son plays travel baseball. My daughter's in dance. His daughter's in dance. His son is in the show choir and all kind of junk. So everything everywhere. So we have a calendar for stuff like that. The hardest part, I think, is organizing or keeping things on path emotionally and knowing when to drop it at the door for him and for me. For football season, what I'm learning is that there's a time and a place for me to talk to him about, you know, deeper things. And I had to get out of my feelings when he comes home. And, you know, we have that 45 minute span from the time he walks in the door to the time he goes to bed. And I have to like give him the highlight reel of my day. I mean, he's just mentally drained. He's been, you know, we taught all day and everything. We both had to learn to kind of set time aside. And it sounds cheesy. And it sounds, I was like, this is dumb. Why are we setting time aside for this? But we would set time aside to say, okay, Saturday afternoon or whatever, this is our time. We're going we're gonna to have a couch date. We're going to sit down and watch our shows. We're going to do whatever it is that we're going to do. But in that time, we're spending time together. You know, we're talking to each other. We're working all the ins and outs of the week out. There are even times on Saturdays where he was like, so you were talking to me on Tuesday about whatever, da, 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 da. We would pick right back up, you know. Communicating with each other has been uh, honestly a struggle for us because he's kind of a reserved guy. And I'm an English teacher, so I'm pretty wordy. And I'm constantly trying to pull the words out. And then, like I said, he comes home just exhausted and mentally, physically and he's got a million things to talk about that I have no idea about. And I have to ask questions in the middle about to get to the, to the end of it. He's talking about routes and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I did learn those conversations are not really conversations. He's looking for a place to throw it, you know, just a place to vent. So I learned how to kind of go, uh-huh. And how'd you feel about that? And how'd it go? And are you okay? And you know, those kind of things, instead of trying to dive into like football scheme or whatever. I learned to, to back off a little bit on that stuff. I want to applaud you though, because figuring all that out that you just said within that short amount of time, I mean, we have a lot of followers that listen to our podcast and they ask these questions and they've been married for years and years and years and they're trying to 
navigate how to communicate, you know, balance the kids, like try to be the support, but then also not lose your mind. So there's like all these things that I feel like are swirling around and you are grasping them and trying to figure it all out. So I think that is just amazing that you're doing that. And I I do agree 100% because I'm terrible at this is when they walk through the door after a long day, I just want to like, immediately just start talking about everything and then you have to kind of listen and maybe I'd be an English teacher if I was a teacher (laughs) but you just have all these things built up from all day and you just want to explode and so that is something that I personally have been working on too is just to like take a moment and let them come through the door and kind of just relax for a minute. But so you said your husband's very like reserved black and white. So what is something that gets him to like relax? Like, is it a certain show that you guys watch together? Is it going to dinner or is it just being still? He's going to kill me for saying this. Okay. So (laughs) he, you know, we all have like guilty pleasure TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We watch 90 day fiance together. (laughs) That's our show. That's our, that's our guilty thing. We have like a, a kajillion shows. He's a once you start it, you have to finish it kind of person. And I'm more like, eh, I'm over it. After three episodes, I don't really care if we ever see the end of it. Like We've been watching Friday Night Lights for months because he just won't let it go. And I'm like, okay, fine, let's watch it. So the, the TV thing is big for us. It lets him kind of just, uh. And he has, a, he has a routine. When he comes in, he's got to do three or four things. And then once those three or four things are done, then he'll kind of go, how was your day? In his mind, he's got to decompress and prepare for the next day so he can not think about that and then he can switch his focus then we can kind of go all right now how are you so I think part of that for us is just me knowing him and him knowing himself yeah I think that's so important getting to know your partner and how they like react to things or what they need in a certain instance when they come home from work or when they've had a bad day like knowing each other is really important and it's really good that you guys got to know each other even with distance, because I know that that's hard, like in the beginning part being distance and then moving in, it's like everything all at once. So that's crazy. I want to go back and see what was the hardest thing that you had to go through with this whole football transition. Transitioning into this role, like the wife role. Again, I think it's about me and my perspective. And for me, I had to work out some things, not things that he had painted a picture of or whatever because before we ever really committed before he put a ring on it and I was like okay we're coming and doing this he sent me an email one day and it was just like I just want to make sure this is what you want and that this is that you're clear on it and my first thought was we're blending families we're interracial couple you're asking to move four hours away you're a veteran we have this laundry list of things to be concerned about and you're asking me about freaking football like I can roll with that you know Come to find out, he knew exactly what he was talking about, and I was in the dark. The hardest thing was that we were a new couple, and you know, we're in that honeymoon stage, and I hope it lasts forever, but we're in that honeymoon stage, and we moved away from the place I had been for eight years. He's the only thing I have up here. Now, I will say this, the wives group at Grayson has been and still is absolutely wonderful, and I would not have made it without them. They were great. But as far as like a personable, you know, he's my person. So what was hard for me was needing him sometimes and not having access to him and not understanding that it wasn't a personal thing, that he wasn't like pushing me away. One time it was the scrimmage game. First big thing, I'm all pumped. We're all wearing green and, you know, our colors are green and gold. We're all wearing green. We're all excited. We come home from school, come upstairs, come in my bedroom, change the clothes, whatever. And I hear water running. 
and I walk out in the hallway and our upstairs bathroom has an inch of water in it. And it had been like running all day. I panicked. And the first thing I did was pick up the phone. I was like, and he was like, uh, mop it up. I got to go. And I was so mad, y'all. I was so, so, so mad. And I called a coach wife and asked her, she was like, girl, you just, you got to deal with it. He was literally walking onto the field. And then she said, what's he going to do? He's going to come home and mop the water up. You can do that. That kind of thing. So things like that, where I needed him or I emotionally needed him or, you know, just needed to talk, just needed a hug, you know, whatever. And he wasn't there. That was the hardest thing. And me adjusting to that and learning how to not take it personally. Yeah, I think that's amazing that you touched on that because within this lifestyle, you have to do a lot of things by yourself and you feel like that instant panic of like, okay, like how do I handle this? I need to call my person and then, you know, they're so busy and you get that response. So definitely not alone on that one. not at all. I feel like I call him like all the time and I'm like, I don't know why I'm calling you to tell you like I went to the tax office like you don't care and you're not going to do anything about it right now I'm like I'm so mad at them he's like okay I know you call the vent and then when they do answer it's very short so I definitely understand that but I do want to ask about the community and the wife's group that you have found so have they really just taken you in and you feel like you know you've got your girl group and you're kind of vibing with it now absolutely the head coach here we both knew him like the three of us were at at Varasa at the same time but like the connection wasn't made yet. So we both knew the head coach, which was great. They came over and helped us move in, you know, that kind of thing. And early on, when we first got here, there was a group chat. I was like, yay, live group, yay. And, you know, it was somebody I could reach out to and go, I need a nail salon where I need to take my kids to the doctor. Where's the best Chinese food, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. It's a brand new area. And then once the season kicked in, it gave me a place to go just where people understood what was going on. Because what I have learned is that people that are not in this world have no idea what it's like. They literally think that these coaches go to work and like come home at like six o'clock in the evening and it's over. I'm like, uh, no, that's not how this works. So even like my family, can't, I literally can't go. There's, it's football. If you want to, we're going to have Thanksgiving at my house because we had practice that morning. So, you know, those kind of things. The wives group, I mean, lifeline for sure for me. It was more of like a safety net. Like I knew there was somebody there that would understand what I was going through. I knew when I picked up that phone, there was an inch of water in my bathroom that one of those ladies was going to know what was going on and how we're feeling. And I knew in October when it was time for my mid-season cry that they were having one too. You know, we were all going through it together. So that really, really, really helped me a lot. And it was something that I did not expect. And I'm glad I was there. The mid-season cry. Yeah, I feel we've that talked one. about that before. I feel like <laughs> really, you have to have one breakdown during the season. <laughs> Since you have that group of wives, I think it's so interesting. I just want to touch on this. that Like Brittany and I would never even have met if it wasn't for our significant others. So it's so funny how you get placed somewhere and then you're automatically friends with these people. And like if it wasn't for football, there would be no group like that. So it's, it's crazy to me that, you know, we always get planted in different places yeah. and yeah. then we end up with an automatic group of yeah. friends like a built-in group of friends <laughs> so with your family you touched on this a little bit that they kind of are still learning and growing with this football world 
how has that been like introducing them to be like, this is the new way of things. And I'm sure with like your kid's dad as well, like that's hard to be like, we might pick up and move tomorrow to California. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, it was difficult. It was a very hard conversation to have with their father. And it was a very hard conversation to have with my children just to make sure they understand like, Like, I know this sounds like fun and games to you, and it is going to be exciting and adventurous and new all the time. However, there is this other side to it, you know, and it's hard to present your kids with that type of idea and expect them to understand it. I guess I'm just a control freak or whatever, but it's also hard for me not to lead them in a direction that I want them to think, like to let them have their own thoughts and stuff. It was a hard conversation to have, but it was necessary. As far as my family goes, like my parents are not from Valdosta. They live close to the coast in Georgia. So we're about five hours from them. This is the farthest away I've ever lived from my parents. They're both in their 70s. And it was kind of difficult. And honestly, it was harder for them than I thought it was going to be. They have their grandkids, their only grandkids. So it's like they're panicking because they're missing one baseball game or, you know, something like that. And I'm, I had to tell them, you know, you no, you can't be here every weekend. That's, that's crazy for a five-hour trip just to come. You know, that's crazy. Don't do that. That's kind of things. And we needed time to establish ourselves and to kind of, I needed to be away to be able to establish what we call Team Dalton. Team Dalton, that's us. So we need to, we need to establish that. As far as holidays go, they were weirded out kind of by it. But once I said, I'll host Thanksgiving and you don't have to cook, you just come up here. They were like, that's cool. So they did that. Christmas was weird because we played, our championship game was on December 30th. So we had practice Christmas Eve morning. And then we had to throw in the whole, like, he's got to have Christmas with his kids. My kids have to have Christmas with their dad. So we ended up having Christmas like on the 22nd or something. And I had to explain how Santa is really, really like on top of everything to a nine-year-old, you know, so that was hard. My parents are thinking like, y'all need to be settled and the kids need to have this, that, and the other. And I'm like, y'all don't, I mean, it's not like that. That's not this life. That's not what I signed up for. Like I, I tell myself all the time, I knew what I was getting into. I knew that there was a possibility that I was going to be packing boxes you know, every 16 months. I knew that. And that's what I wanted. I want that adventure, that newness, that I want to tackle it with you. Let's let's do it together and chase your dreams and that kind of stuff. So it's hard for my family to kind of wrap their brain around that sometimes. Yeah, I think it's hard for any family. I feel like even my family and friends are still like, this will be my, I think going into my sixth season with my husband. And it's just kind of one of those things where you just got to keep doing those little reminders of like, okay, that's coming up to that time again. This is kind of what's going to be happening. But we totally feel you on the Thanksgiving and the Christmas. It is a little odd, but it sounds like you guys are doing the best that you absolutely can for all the kids and yourselves. I do want to ask one fun question before we kind of wrap this up, but Fans in the stands. So I know that high school, it is crazy dedicated fans, but I want to hear what's an experience that you've had where you've been like, wow, this is crazy. It wasn't, it's not like fans in the stands. It's more like fans behind a keyboard and, you know, things like that. And it's only been one season. We we were undefeated and won the state championship game. So like, what are they complaining about? You know, I mean, they'll find something, but you know, what are they complaining about? So. 
only thing I can really say is there were some times when, like, it's Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning. Why are you calling about playing time or, you know, practice on Thursday or something? Like, like, let me have him. You get him all the time. Let us have him, please. You know, that those kind of things are very irritating. And I hope this is that's all it ever is. But so far, that's all I've really... And now, I will say, one of the things I learned from the wives, when you're new to this, you had a new place, you don't know anything. Like, I didn't know where to park. I didn't know where to sit. I didn't know any of that stuff. So I latched on to one particular wife. Her name is Brittany. And I asked Brittany, I was like, Brittany, what do I, what do I, what do I sit? She was like, we all sit together and we kind of build a wall around each other. So like, everybody knows who we are. So nobody sits close to us and nobody says anything out loud. What is it like animal herds that they put their weakest in the middle, that kind of thing. So it was, it was kind of like that. And I just kind of rang my little cowbell and went along with it. That's the best comparison I've ever heard. I love that though. I love that you guys have that like group that you can really just separate from all the rest of the crazy crowd. And I'm sure you get that a lot as a teacher too. Like parents, parents are crazy. I'm sorry, but like mm-hmm. parents are insane. And that's the worst part of some of these sports. Like we don't really have to deal with that in college but high school they're insane so I props to you guys for dealing with it in the classroom and on the field and like like there's a different side to it like I was winning the state championship being undefeated and you said college and like the other side of that is parents are asking about film and when am I my kid gonna get recruited and and not necessarily players from my husband's position just you know like in general and there's a whole lot of that. And, you know, Grayson has been, we ended up number two in the nation. So we get a lot of looks, we get a lot of attention and things like that. So if the attention is not spread evenly, everybody doesn't get a chance. And sometimes there are some upset mamas cause baby ain't getting what he needs or she thinks he deserves. <laughs> <laughs> you are a breath of fresh air. Yes. We could talk to you all day. Yes. <laughs> we have one last question that we always sure. ask in all of our interviews, but if you could go back in time and tell yourself when you're beginning this journey or somebody that's just starting out in this journey and that can be football or that can be blending families, however you want to approach this question, but what would you tell somebody that's just kind of getting into that? Blending families is a lot more emotional than emotionally draining than football is. Or not draining, but, you know, takes them a lot more emotionally out of you than football does. I would definitely say for blending families to breathe and relax. Somebody told me one time when I had a baby, when I, you know, when I first had my son, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do and everything. And they, uh, what my aunts, she said, listen, if you can put that baby to bed at night and he's not hurt and he's fed and he's relatively clean, we're going to count it as a good day. So that's kind of how I've approached this thing. If we all can go to bed tonight and we're all fed and we're all not hurt, you know, and we're all here and we made it, then we're on the up and up. As far as football is concerned, whatever expectation you have, blow that completely out of the water and be open and be flexible because it's going to change. Like it it shifted a lot this season and that could be COVID, but whatever I thought it was going to be, in some ways, it was beyond better. And in some ways, it wasn't necessarily worse. It was just different. So whatever kind of expectations you have, just be ready to get rid of them. <laughs> That's a wonderful answer to all of that. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with us and being on our podcast. Sure. We really enjoyed hearing your perspective and being raw and authentic with us. Yeah. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to this interview on More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time.